Because they're a fucking, you know, such an, an arachnid insect. <laughs> so they do that. Breathing it's, ass breathing is such an insect This move. is literally how they roll. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. everyone welcome to the dude nature podcast welcome home to the reactor i'm here as always with my brother adam adam say something to the people make a sound of an animal a subterranean creature make the sound of a subterranean creature ladies and gentlemen you might have seen the instagram post we have of mugs that we are giving away for free there are sick ass diner mugs that have dude nature on them they're fucking dope thank you so much for listening we are giving them away just like like the Instagram photo, and I will reach out to you. Um, if you do re- end up receiving a mug, we would really appreciate it if you would do a post of you and the mug and tag us. That'd be great. They're free mugs. They're awesome mugs. You drinking out of the mug. You holding the mug. You putting the mug on your body. You, you putting the mug on your you putting butt, it on your foot. Putting it on your butt, belly. Something. Putting, your, putting it down your pants. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic. If you haven't heard, is the best coffee there is. It'll make you more productive. You'll have less of a crash. More sex. More sex. More of a subterranean creature. Harder nipples. Harder nipples. Everything good. Um, if you want 10% off, go to foursigmatic.com. Use offer code DUDENATURE. That's DUDENATURE. All one word. No exclamation mark. Get 10% off Four Sigmatic. It's fucking dang coffee. It's the best. You'll have harder nipples. Adam, what are your gripes? In my tropical plant, terrarium, which I... I've had for a few months now. The, the plants are doing really well. Also, there's tons of molds growing in there. So it's a gripe. To grow tropical plants, you need to make a tropical environment, which happens to be a very good environment for mold to grow. I'm pretty sure there's about three new species of mold growing inside of my terrarium. Can I tell you something? Yep. I think it's time to give up on the tropical plants. They're, why would you say that? I think it's I cool. started with one pitcher. That thing literally now no, has it's six cool. pitchers. It's grown a lot of pitchers. How dare you? Aren't flowers cooler though? Because I kind of want a little flower thing. Well, my my but dream, my dream yeah, my dream is to have a whole cabinet full of curiosities, tropical curiosities. Adam's curiosities. Adam's curiosities, and then open up my own tropical curiosity store. Talk about a nipple. What's your gripe? My gripe. Again, an oldie but a goldie. We we've been doing the same home workout videos for a while. Just ladies and gentlemen, you know we've been doing the same fucking video over and over again. I've actually been doing the same video for so long that my adjustable weights that I bought at the beginning of Rona, they've started to break. And so it's actually super dangerous to have a possibly an adjustable weight break because imagine when you do like the tricep thing and it's going right over your head or you are just doing bicep curls and it's right over your foot. Uh, So I have fear when I'm lifting, not only is lifting suck, I now have fear that the weight is going to pop off and just crush my face or foot. So my gripe is two adjustable weights that were never meant to be used every day for like a year, but they have been because of Rona. Every other city we go, every other video, no matter where I go, I, I see, see the, the same, same homes. Basically the same as this song. This is about yeah. all the hoes that you well, see. Well, also written by Tupac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Many people don't know. He's a huge fan of Klesmer. Yeah. Tupac Shlomo. I have wool socks on. I am sweating my feet. I'm sweating. It is terrible. (laughs) 
All right, no, it's time to play a game. Talking about Jew. Oh, oh, damn it! I was ready for my topic. That was so fucking cute. Yeah, sorry. Damn it. Oh right, yeah, let's play a game. We don't have to play a game if you don't want to. No, no, I want to. I want to. I, okay. was just, I was just. I want to. I made a joke in my head. I was going to deliver it to the people. Name this film. Film, not movie. Film. Okay. Six women struggle to survive against humanoid creatures living inside a cave. The cave. The descent. There it is. Commonly confused with the cave. Brendan Fraser. Young Brendan Fraser, ripped Brendan Fraser, and his son go below the Wimsy. surface of the earth Wimsy. to escape volcanic activity in Iceland. It's a 3D movie. Journey to the center of the earth? Yeah, journey to the center yes. of the earth. All right, there you go. You're one for two. No, what's our topic today? Our topic today is talking about Brendan Fraser. Subterranean creatures. First, we're going to go into... Handsome, handsome creature. Very handsome. First, we're going to go into the furthest buried living things. So what are the living things that literally live the furthest down buried? Then we're going to go into half, then we're going to have halftime honey. And then Adam's going to go into subterranean creature, true or false. Adam. Yes. That begins that don't suck. You have 60 seconds. Tells everything we need to know about subterranean creatures to enjoy the episode. Are you I ready? I do. I do indeed. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Noah, many hairless, non-pigmented, white and blind critters live beneath the surface of the earth. Cheers and people. they are weird as shit. And today we are going to talk about some of these troglodytes or trogs for short. And by that, I mean cave dwellers. <laughs> troglodyte is the greatest word for an, ugly, word. For an ugly person. <laughs> and You're describing an ugly, ugly person, you call him a troglodyte. You know what I mean? No, what is our theme? Our theme is, as far as things to explore, there's the ocean. Trogs. There's land. And trogs. There's troglodyte culture. There is space. Gooch. And then? Then there's the gooch. There is shit buried really deep underneath the earth. So my theme is New Frontier. New Frontier at right. home. Taint, gooch, New Frontiers. Okay, here's what we're starting with. Furthest buried living thing. He's not having it today. You're a chocolate. <laughs> Canada's kid mine, Adam. Used to extract zinc and copper is the deepest spot ever explored on land. So it's the deepest we've ever gone down on land. Again, I'm talking about the furthest down living creatures buried. Mm. Okay, so this mine's the deepest we've ever gone. Uh, and it found a reservoir of the oldest known water ever, <laughs> ever found. It goes down 7,900 feet, which is about one and a half miles straight down from your feet. Nice. So many scientists doubted that life could live in these conditions. But the, water, the waters down here, they've remained undisturbed for 2 billion years. So it's a crazy like window into our past, and they have ton. There's tons and tons of life living in this little reservoir down there. Is that because the water it can't evaporate, right? Obviously, because it's locked in. Right. the The water's locked in there, but it's the exact same environment that was two billion years ago. Ooh. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. This is the deepest we've ever gone on on land. So what lives down there? There's there's single celled organisms, and they survive on eating fool's gold. So they eat pyrite, oh. and that's how they survive. <laughs> what? Yeah. What do you mean? They like eat them, eat a rock. They eat like the pyrite. How do they do that? I have no idea, but they like, they break it down. They eat it and they survive down there. <laughs> they survive a mile and a half buried, buried underneath the subterranean creature. Barry McCockner. So, Barry McCockner. Barry McCockner. That was the last episode. <laughs> Barry McCockner is a good one. Great. Author. That's a good one. IP freely is a really good author too. Seymour Butts. Right. Yeah. That's a good one. Under the bleachers by Seymour Adam, Butts. Adam, you yeah. troglodyte. In fact, <laughs> there are so many creatures that live far below the Earth's surface, just like this one. 
that there's actually a team of scientists now called the Deep Carbon Observatory. The Trogs. Deep Carbon Observatory. Um, their purpose is to try and map how carbon or the extent of organisms living beneath the land and seafloor, sea like how these organisms that live super far buried actually move their movement affects like our whole climate. How is that? So again, how do, you, how do you make that? So again, it's called the Deep Carbon Observatory because these creatures are carbon-based life forms and their movement underneath the seafloor, underneath the land, it causes, like, how does that affect systems up here? Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what that's what they're studying. So they're like the, the architects that live below. Yeah. What lies beneath, right? Tom Cruise level. What lies beneath with Tom Cruise? Right, yeah, Tom Cruise. What lies beneath? They answer question, also other questions like how does it affect climate? What does this mean for how, how life started when we examine these creatures? There is now an estimated 500,000 trillion trillion microorganisms living in the deep earth. So the amount of that amount of microorganisms would weigh more than 300 times the amount of people we have on, on earth or as much as 2,100 billion people. It would weigh more than so, people. Yeah, so now you understand how the movement of that amount of carbon actually can affect the whole climate. Well, so buried deep beneath- Here's, here's what I don't understand. Mm. So they are made of carbon, right? Yes. Is it because of the respirating of these creatures? Well, and we're, that all, we're all made of carbon. They're uh, Right, everything on earth mm -hmm. that we know of. Right. Is it because they're releasing carbon dioxide, like for their photosynthesis? Or, oh, that's a good point. Like, what is yeah. what is it that they're releasing? I think it's every. I think it's them. I think it's what they're releasing. I think it's everything. It's the study of the. It's like this group of scientists that study the movement of these microorganisms that are deep beneath your feet. Okay. Okay. Um, and there's so many microorganisms down there that I'll repeat. If you weighed them, it'd be more than 300 times the amount, the weight of the amount of the people we have on Earth. Solid. Yes, yeah, solid. Some sure you solid <laughs> steel rod. Some deep, Adam. Sub subsurface bacteria. They can look like the following under an electron microscope. Just to give you an example of what these creatures look like: purplish blue rods that drink hydrogen. So it looks like these little like blue rod that drinks hydrogen. <laughs> <laughs> There's methane-producing microbes that were found beneath the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Japan. So talking about carbon. These microbes buried deep down, they just produce methane. Um, then there's nematodes, which is basically like a really small worm. They've been found in a gold mine in South Africa about a mile down. It's such a thing about all these mines we've dug and like what's living down in the mine. <laughs> nematodes. Nematodes are. Even fungi, much like what's found underneath the forest floor, it exists miles down in the earth. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of shit down there. Find anything new besides the, the purple, purple methane producing little wormy? Mm-hmm. He's, is he a new guy that only lives down there? I believe he's a, yeah, I believe he's a new guy. Okay. Um, there's so much biomass of living organisms that are down that far that it begs the question, did life originate more than once? So here's how, here's how this works. Um, if the creatures down this mine are like, did they go through their own evolutionary path? Oh, right, because like, they didn't they, connect. Exactly. Like, are they connected to anything? Or is this? did life literally originate in this tiny little reservoir a mile and a half down? And that is so, the evolution that's happened down there. Somehow make its way to the surface. Right. So it's like, did life just pop up more than one time in different spots? Are they related to us at all? Are they related to other creatures? When did they branch? 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. As the co-founder of Deep Carbon, again, that's the team of scientists that are studying this, this deep movement of microorganisms said, we've literally only scratched the surface of the deep biosphere. Might there be entire domains that are not dependent on the DNA, RNA, and protein basis of life as we know it? Perhaps. We just haven't found them yet. Okay? In a study, Adam, done in 2017 with bacteria taken from two miles down, researchers from the Schmidt Ocean Institute, so before I dive into the study, they're trying to see how related bacteria from deep down is to our bacteria. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and so we talk about the evolution, how... Life could have just originated here and they could not be related to us at all. Mm-hmm. These, these microbes. Mm-hmm. So they took the microbes that are from two, two miles down and they compared them to human cells. Normally when, it, when a human cell, when it, when it interacts with a bacteria, what does it do, Adam? A human cell and a bacteria? Does it kill it? I mean, are you introducing yeah. it to the body? It essentially kills it. Okay. Essentially kills it. It's its immune system reacts to any kind of foreign bacteria. Yeah. Okay. However, when they when they took bacteria for two miles down and showed it to a human cell, it liked it. They're friends. Eighty percent of the bacteria did down there. It didn't initiate the human cell's immune system response. Oh. So what that means is that the the human cell is not recognizing it. I see. Oh, it's not recognizing. It doesn't it. recognize it at all. But if it didn't recognize it, then why wouldn't it kill it? It doesn't, it doesn't recognize because it's so different. It might be so different from how we evolved that it, it has no idea what to do with oh, it. That's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to say that it didn't kill it because it recognizes it as close to itself, but you're saying it's so foreign. Yeah. So, so let me, let me bring you here. Yeah. Okay. So a human cell, when it encounters a bacteria, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, you're a bacteria kill. Right. Right. You're a bacteria. I don't recognize it. Kill. Right. Kill. kill. But when they take the bacteria at them. Yeah. From two miles down, deep two in these mines. They compare it to a human cell. Yeah. The human cell is like, I don't know what you are, so I'm not going to initiate the immune response. That's so... Wait, I, but if it didn't know... If it was a foreign substance, wouldn't it want to kill Dude, it? Dude, that, that means that you would touch a table and you would have the immune, immune response. No. It, it, it has, has to recognize that... Adam, it has to recognize that it... It has to recognize that it's a bacteria. Right. So the human cell is not recognizing that it's a bacteria. Okay. Sure. I just think it's a little bit it's a little bit of a quinky dink, quinky dinky when it's like human cells, right? There's something foreign in your body, some foreign kind of cell. It wants to attack it, correct? Because it recognizes it as a bacteria. So you're saying it's so foreign these microbes that they're not bacteria. Is that what you're saying? It is so foreign that the human cell cannot recognize it as something that it should attack. Okay. What is your problem with that? <laughs> no, no, I, I got it. Keep going. I would just think. What that, do you think about that? I would think that because it was so foreign, it would want to kill it because that's what the immune system does. Right, but then, but then, Adam, if then if if the immune system just killed everything foreign, you would be shoot. You would be shooting off, right? It has to read a little more. You wouldn't be shooting off. It yeah, has, it has to read a little your more. Your skin's waterproof. God fucking your damn skin's it. waterproof. It's not going to get in your blood. Honestly, I, they did another experiment where they compared your cells to a human cell. That's a good and one. It didn't. It didn't recognize it at all. That's one of my favorites. Okay, this begs the question. Are we completely unrelated to this thing? Is Adam not a human? Did, did, this t- did this thing totally form on its own and live down there for millions of years until we dug it up? Or is it just so different that our cells can't recognize this? Um, but it could seem to show that it's possible that life has popped up almost randomly in different environments. Um, and why that's important is that shows, you know, that in space, life can happen. Life is more, there's more possibility of life. 
So this could be a completely different branching set of evolution down there. Right. Much like, gonna, so much like, like yourself. Like what, the troglodytes down there. Could we find like a real troglodyte down there? Like something that we've never seen before? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. But like these things down there, mm-hmm. they're they're not relate. They're so unrelated to us that it seems like they're their own branch of evolution. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. It makes me it makes me wonder like what kind of dragon smog, you know, slurp slurp monster is Tro- going down Troglodyte there. down there. Yeah. Right. So talk about the deepest life ever found. That does that. The, so the deepest large life form ever found, and this is just under the surface of the water, and you've probably seen this, dear listener, on a Blue Planet documentary, it is the snailfish. Oh, I think you've seen that. I don't know what it is. It looks like a, it's like a tiny head with a humongous, just a humongous tail. <laughs> okay. It is the deepest found large life form. Um, it was found in the Marianas Trench and it was found about five miles below the surface of the ocean. In the Challenger Deep or not in so, the Challenger no, Deep? No, not in the Challenger Deep. The Challenger Deep, Adam. Snailfish. Challenger Deep is is the deepest part of the Marianas Trench and is around 6.6 miles deep. Oh my God, this thing is ugly. You looked up a snailfish? Yeah. It's cool though. It's <laughs> So again, this thing was found has been found five miles deep. We're talking about the deepest life ever found. Yeah, it looks pretty prehistoric. Yeah. Like a flounder, like a stretched out flounder. So down there, there's there's evidence that there's been bacteria. So there's like bacterial bacteria signs and detritus down there, six point six miles. Detritus. But there's never been any bacteria like officially found down that far. The, the farthest down microbes that they found buried is uh, three miles deep. It was off the coast of Peru. So they went off the coast of Peru, drilled in. Damn. Yeah. So We haven't even gone that far, really, right? Have we? No, we've barely gone. We've barely gone down to the surface. That's why my so, like, theme, my theme map, New Horizon, baby. What if there's a whole race of humans living down there that are like super, the tro- super white Troglodytes. They're literally the troglodytes. Called a troglodyte. And they have a whole society down there. Yeah, they're just hanging out down there. And literally that, you know, and Tom Cruise is actually from the Troglodytes. Sent as an emissary. You and Tom Cruise. Yeah, to protect the unicorns against Satan. Um, Another crazy thing about these, the subsurface microbes is how old they are. So in 1931, let's go back in time a little bit. 1931, scientist Charles Lippmann, he suspected that there were were alive bacteria in rocks. Mm Mm-hmm. And he proposed that bacteria basically go into a kind of slow animation state where they, when they, let's say, let's, let's, let's talk about bacteria being buried. Okay. There's a big swamp. There's bacteria in the swamp. The swamp gets buried and it becomes coal. Buried? Buried. B- buried? It gets Barry McCockinard. Okay. Okay. The, the swamp gets Barry McCockinard. Right. And the organic matter becomes coal. And also, so the bacteria lives in that coal. Then the scientists thought that coal probably still has bacteria in it that are in like a dormant state. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what he did is he took coal that didn't seem like it had any bacteria on it. He, you know, decontaminated it, whatever. And he put the coal into water. And within like 12 hours, he found bacteria on it. Oh, that cool. started dividing. So what he means by dormant state with bacteria is that they, they're not dividing. They're n- oh, they're not reproducing. Right. So let's take, let's take. So are they alive? They, so the crazy thing is that they are alive and they, so they don't produce when they're in this state. Mm-hmm. Here's what's been found. When they get buried as the coal, they stop dividing. Okay. Then once they get brought to the surface and put in water, they start dividing again, like rapidly. So what this could mean is that for like 300 million years, a bacteria doesn't divide. Then once it gets put in, once it gets brought to the surface and put in water, it starts dividing every like 15 minutes. 
What? Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. It 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 means that exactly. It means that this bacteria is basically immortal. Oh, because it's it's like a hibernation. Exactly. It means that the the bacteria is basically immortal, and it lives in this like semi like semi alive state. And once it has its chance, it starts dividing immediately. Ooh. So again, like it could go like hundreds of millions of years, no dividing. Then you put it inside of inside of the water and starts boom dividing. Every, e. coli in a lab divides every fifteen minutes. Shit. So the bacteria is just fucking waiting. So some of this bacteria that's buried like like a couple miles deep, it's like three hundred million years old. <laughs> it's a three hundred million year old thing, and it, and it's alive. It's just waiting for the right environment. and it's fucking alive. It's like three hundred million years old. to pop off. Yeah, three hundred million years old and it's alive. Oh my god. Yeah. Another crazy thing about this is that the theory of panspermia, it states that life came to the earth by hitching a ride inside asteroids. I have to do oh, yeah, a humongous yeah. sneeze. Bacteria. Whoa. Oh my god. Wuhan. You know, microbes in there. Wuhan. Um. So that life, so life came to Earth by hitching a ride inside asteroids, and that's basically how we got life. This get, this actually gives that theory more credence, okay? Because scientists originally thought that the bacteria can't survive in an asteroid for that long; it can't survive the harsh conditions. But actually, it seems some bacteria are immortal; they can live forever and just sit inside the asteroid. When the asteroid hits, they start dividing. When the conditions are right. When the conditions are right, it sits what? and waits. That's so wild. How wild is that shit? Really wild. Immortal microbes living beneath the surface of the earth. Immortal microbes living beneath the surface of the earth. That might not be... That Wait, might be completely alien to us. Why are we exploring the oceans? Can't we drill? Can we drill That's right, baby. That's what I fucking said. See what the that, hell is that going was my, on? That was my theme. Wait, New we're frontier. Gonna, we're going to discover something down there that, that ain't never been seen before, like the sunfish. We've seen something that ain't <laughs> never been seen before. Absolutely. It's a baby fucking it's whale. It's a baby dude. whale, dude. It's a baby fucking baby whale. Baby whale. Tell you what, they've never seen before. They've never seen the outside of Boston. <laughs> they've never left. Best joke. In summation. Yeah. Four main points I have from this, Adam. Number one, there are 300 times the weight of all humans on the on the planet living as microorganisms. Yeah. They look like tiny worms, bacteria, fungi. They're buried deep below the sediment of land and the oceans. Number two, some of them are extremely old. How old is the oldest? We are not sure yet, but it seems like at least hundreds of millions of years old. Number three, when you dig up these microbes and you put them in water and you give them a chance to divide, they start reproducing immediately as if nothing happened. Number four, our cells do not recognize many of them. So it seems like they are maybe completely alien to us. Are they a different evolutionary chain? Do they evolve in a separate tree? We'll have to find out. We do yeah. not know. Really awesome. Yeah, it's cool shit. Really great microbe stuff. Adam. Yeah, I didn't know it was so interesting down there. Isn't that fucking cool? Really cool. There's like alien microbes that are super old down beneath the surface. Yeah. That's why that's why there is a I'm just thinking like what is what it. is the more advanced like you know, what is the more advanced being down there? Be troglodyte led by Barry McCockiner. Yeah, a Barry troglodyte led by Barry and Seymour. That's Butts. right. Okay, we're going to do a musical break and after that is time for the halftime honey. bad how many times we've said Barry McCockiner on the podcast. Look, it's just a funny name, okay? Relax. We think Barry's Sit out? Sit down. You think the Barry's out there are mad? Relax. It's a funny name. There were a lot of dick jokes last episode. It's a fair amount. 
Wait, what's the other one? Seymour Butts. Besides Barry, IP, IP, IP Freely, and then Seymour Butts. No, the book is called there's... The Yellow River by IP Freely. Use the book name, and it has an author. No, there's, a, I think Brendan. I know what the one. other one is, and I, I don't know if we've already said Barry McCaw. Just say the fuck it. Just say it. I don't know what the name of the book is. The author's name is Mike Hunt. <laughs> Mike Hunt. <laughs> oh. This is the halftime money toast where we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that is somehow related to our episode. I find the story and Noah responds with his immediate thoughts. Okay, so I raise my glass and Noah, what are we drinking today? Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we're drinking the Jack Daniels Honey. And we love you. Thank you for listening. I raise my glass to the, first of all, to the people who died rescuing, the two men who died rescuing the boys' uh, soccer team in Thailand in 2018. There were two people who died and two rescue Australian rescue divers who did not die that were heroic in rescuing them. But this news story. What, what Thailand boys? Uh, when they were stuck in the cave in Thailand. You remember that? No. There was a Thailand boys soccer team. Okay. Young, young, I think like in their early, like 11 or something. Yeah. They went caving and they got stuck in the cave. Holy shit. And there was this whole thing for weeks about how we were going to get them out of the cave, the world, right? Like people were tweeting about it. Elon tweeted about it, different ideas to do it. And two Australian rescue divers and the heroic like Thai, Thai men went in and I don't exactly know how they did it, but they were able to rescue the team. But two of the divers died. Two, two of the Thai um, guys died. That's crazy. Yeah. It's sad. Really sad, but we were able to rescue the team. So this is to the the scientists who named four new Thai cave spider species after the four heroes who helped us rescue the Thai boys soccer team. For example, Saman Hunan, Hunan, Saman Hunan, who died during the rescue. The, during the rescue, the spider's name is Troglodyplera Saman Hunani. That's just an example, right? So there's four new species that are named after them. So let's toast to that. Lachayim. Lachayim. And what do you make of it? Um, that's fucking amazing that they saved the boy's life. And two of them died, which is sad. And I think it's really cool to name the spider after it. That's a good one. As one of the tie divers, or not the tie divers, one of the Australian rescue divers said, anyone can have an asteroid named after them. But having a cave spider named after me is a singular honor. I love it. Love it. Okay, so with that being said, let's get into cave spiders and shit like that. We're going to get into the creepy crawlies. We're going to do a little interactive thing interactive. No, and different. I. We're going to interact with each other instead of monologuing. We're going to see how it goes. I am going to say an animal that lives in a cave. And I'm going to say some facts, and I'm going to say one fiction. And it is up to you to figure out what the fiction is within the fact. Okay? Okay, you're gonna say, and then you're going to say one fact... Incorrect. I'm, I'm going to say one <laughs> fiction okay. and many facts. And it is up to you to figure out what the fiction is. Okay. I'm springing this game on Noah on the air. He had no idea what we were doing. Like a cave spider. Like a cave spider. Okay. An animal called Remipedia. It's an order of animals. It looks like a long centipede. Okay. It's the only known venomous centipede. They have fangs and secretion glands. They look like a spider. It's a fucking creature. These are all animals that live in caves. I have a secretion. These are all troglodytes. Okay, they are a venomous centipede. 
They're completely white and also inject digestive enzymes into their prey. Classic fucking insect shit. Arachnid <laughs> to break the prey down for a nice slurp snack. <coughs> what is what is the fiction within that factual paragraph? White. That it's white. What color do you think they are? They're not white. Okay. It is white. There it is. If you look look at fucking troglodytes, they're all fucking white. They're, they're fucking basically, They don't have any color. I thought poisonous see. usually means color. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good call. So that, I, that's why I thought I they don't have fa- they don't have fangs. That's a really good call. Okay, it's not the fangs. They have fangs and secretion glands. They are not a venomous centipede. They're actually ah, that's they're actually why. a venomous crustacean. They're more like related lobster. to lobsters than they are to centipedes. So it's like a subterranean, it's a subterranean, subterranean poisonous subterranean, subterranean poison lobster. Yeah, subterranean poison lobster. In other words, a trog. There, there. It's like a. Ve- it's yeah. It's a venomous lobster. It's fucking crazy. It's they're about three inches long, and they look like a centipede. And they're actually a crustacean, a lobster that is venomous. Okay, so you're zero for one so far. Good. That's a cool animal though. Isn't that a sick animal? Yeah, it's dope. All right, we're talking about the mythical OLM. The Ulm. Ulm. Otherwise known as the human fish. The human fish. Because of the color of what, its mythical? Is skin. it real? It is real, but it seems mythical. It looks like a baby dragon. Like if a dragon had a baby in the water, it would look like an Ulm. The Ulm? Yeah. Where does it live? It lives in caves. It lives in caves <laughs> in the Alps. Mainly in the Swiss Alps. Okay, these are all troglodytes. As I've said before. All right? It's a cell. So here we go with the fact and fiction. All right? course now we are starting to perfect the game as we go along it is seldom seen in an aquatic salamander this fucking salamander it has no eyes it looks very strange they can survive 10 years off a single meal because of metabolism regulation they can survive 10 years off of a single meal because of metabolism regulation okay they can also live up to 100 years the ulm Jeez. they can grow to a foot and a half long also they're fucking huge they live life in total darkness, like many troglodytes. Leaving the cave kills them because of their photosensitive skin. They they can't they cannot it's go a into life. Vampire. They're literally vampires. They are actually vampire vampire dragons. They're vampires. Vampire dragon babies. They are also known as a mud penis. The inner ear is. is especially designed to sense vibrations in the water. What is the fiction within all that fact? That tap, that, as he taps his fingers. That they're a salamander. It's not a salamander. It's more fish-like. Okay. Do you think that they're a salamander? No, they're not. They're not a salamander. Okay. So you believe that they can survive 10 years off a single meal and live up to 100 years? Were they both fiction? The fiction was they are not known as the mud penis. <laughs> they are known as the mud puppy, not the mud penis. <laughs> there it is. Even though they look like a penis. There They're a is. foot long, Mud puppy. totally white. They're salamanders. That, they have a salamander with no eyes and no, basically, really tiny legs. What do you? And it's white. It looks like a. It looks like a. Wiener. So it looks like a. It looks like a. Let me, a let me, just, let me, let me just understand. It, it looks like a vampire baby wiener. It, a vampire salamander dragon wiener. Vampire salamander dragon baby wiener. They can live up to a hundred years and survive ten years off a single meal. Yep, that's the only. And and it can't go out into the light. No, because it's a vampire. That's that's sick. Isn't that sick? That's fucking sick. Why are they white? These creatures are white down here. Because there's no there's no light. So, so they why don't need to get sunburned? I mean, why would you need pigment? The color? Why would you need pigment? Yeah. No one can see anything anyway. Everyone's blind. You know what I mean? Hmm. 
What if all, really if all humans were blind, why would we need like to wear t-shirts and stuff for, you know, to be cool? Right? That relates to the we, dragon salamander. If all humans were blind, we'd give off like different vibrations to, to form our identity. You know what I mean? Instead of t-shirts. Thoughts? The best vampire movie is Blade. I watched the. I told you I watched a really weird one called Daybreakers with Ethan Hawke. That movie sucks. That movie kind of. Let sucks. me just say, Ethan Hawke, you have to lock your door. <laughs> just lock that just back lock door. The, door. the vampires can't keep coming in the foyer. For God's sakes. Blade. Okay. Um, the cave pseudo scorpion. Here's the fact in the fiction. Right. I'm gonna okay. read them off. It looks like a spider and a scorpion had sex. That I'm just gonna. Give, that's a fact. That's what it looks like. A spider <laughs> and a scorpion had sex with each other. They have no scorpion tail, but they, it has claws that have giant pincers. It was first described by Aristotle, who found them among the scrolls in Greece, feeding off of book lice. The species of pseudoscorpion is specific to the type of rock it lives in. So, for example, karst has its own pseudoscorpion, and the granite walls of Yosemite has its own species of pseudoscorpion as well. They have their own species of this thing? Yeah. Where does it live inside inside rock fissures? It, it, yeah, exactly. It lives in like cracks in rocks. In every so different type of rock. Has Alex Honnold. So so Alex Honnold. A- Alex Honnold, when he was free soloing El Cap. Well, that's different because he his mom is a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, it's a little bit different. <laughs> I just saw up at El Cap to free solo. <laughs> Dad's a muggle. Mom's a witch. Um, you have to stop at El, El Cap to free solo. And he, he nods. <laughs> I just, um, what do you tell tell a little people about about the fascination with Alex Honnold and Yosemite and El Cap? How you feel about the whole thing? Oh, how I feel about the whole thing? Just the whole the fascination with a man. Just like if you guys don't know who Alex Honnold, it's a dude who who climbs without a rope up like a huge. I think this, cliff, is, a, this is a fine platform to talk about this. Okay, one of my biggest gripes in life is. Oh, I know this. Yeah, one of my biggest lives is. No matter how much you enjoy what you're doing in nature, there's always going to be someone who wants to do something extreme in nature. And now this is this is the new section. When I look at the forest or a nice rock wall, I'll be like, that would be really cool to hike up the back of it and see its beauty, right? Unfortunately, when some people look at the same rock wall, they think that would be great to wingsuit off of. Right. Right? And it is those people that influence generations of children to think that you need to do extreme things to enjoy nature. When in fact, to enjoy the natural world, you don't need to do anything extreme. You can just literally sit there and look at something. You don't need to wingsuit off of a cliff to enjoy nature. Or like free climb up El Cap. Right. Or free solo up. So he did it at El Cap. Cliff. El Cap is a cliff. Half dome in one day, in the same day, free soloing. <laughs> All right. Wait, hold on. Oh, I have a little more to this. Just, I hate the climbing thing. Just I just I, I hate the climbing thing. I don't get thing. climbing. I don't. We we went on we went on a hike in in Ben Orion. And it was really cool. Bend Oregon. Bend Oregon. There Bend was a Oregon. bunch of people. Cl- I don't get the climbing thing either. It yeah. just looks. It looks miserable. The rope yeah. and the climbing and the the height. And the schlep. The schlep the of schlep. all the gear. Yeah. I also don't get the outdoor like extreme outdoor thing where it's like instead of going on a hike, we're gonna like we're gonna hike up it. Then we're gonna like wingsuit to snowboard down it. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just saying that's a big pet. And then, and then like wingsuit onto a snowmobile and then we're going to hit a jump. So in Yosemite, there are in the Valley, there are camps. Like I think it's camp five, which is climbers only camps. Can you imagine how douchey that is? Can you imagine the douche level? Can you imagine the the level level of of smug that comes from that camp? It must, it must cloud the Valley in smoke (laughs) every day. If you like climbing, that's fine. We're, we're just saying the extreme, like taking the outdoors and making it an extreme. 
It's been like yeah. a thing, but I think it's like it's like the the like YouTube and Red Bull and all that shit. It's like part of that has There's made the, people think that like the, I need to go outside and like in the free solo El Cap to like to like it. Back when I was a college student, yeah, in summer school, I took a class called Drugs in American Society, which is actually was really cool. And behind me, there sat two climbers. Oh, baby. and they didn't know that the other one was a climber. Oh my! God. And then about halfway through the summer school class. They figured out. Were that, you, that were you waiting? Other, they were like, dude, I climbed here. And they're like, no way, I climbed up there. And then for the rest of the semester, it was just a penis comparing competition behind me about who had done a sicker line or who had the most black diamond gear. It was like insane. And that's where my hatred of climbing started. And there you go. And they were just the worst. They were the worst. I think it's your hatred of just like of the outdoor extremism. What would you call it? That's exactly what I would call it. Outdoor. I don't hate outdoor it. Outdoor extremism? I don't hate it. I think it just... It's not good because it shows, you know, maybe a generation living in the city and some kids, they, they never get to see the opposite, that they have to, to experience the natural world. They have to do something, cra- they have to do something crazy, which isn't true. It's just not true at all. <laughs> That's my take on it. You don't have to climb. You don't have to wingsuit. You know, you don't have to fucking whitewater kayak and drown in, in, a, in a fucking hydraulic. And I will you say, just walk. I will say, Rocco, I love you. Touring. Touring? What the fuck is touring? I don't fucking get can it. Can you please explain? I'll touring. explain. I'll explain to the people. We recently went to Colorado. So, uh, this is what Rock and I love you. We recently went to Colorado, and some of our friends were like, kept saying that we we had all these hikes planned, and they kept saying that we want a tour, which I guess is hiking uphill with your skis, and then skiing down. And it just seems like such a schlep. One and of the most so un- un-Jewish activities. You possibly think of. Just the schlep to Jewish rate, just too schleppy for Jews. It just, it seems like it's like so complicated logistically to plan that. It's also like, just like, sounds like a pain in the ass to hike uphill with skis and ski down. It's I just insane. don't get it. Like, so why can't we just go on a hike? It's just so much gear. So they ended up bringing the gear to tour. So we talked. But, but we, of course never did it because it's so dumb. We talked about touring a lot. We There was a lot of talk about touring. There's a lot of talk. We never did it. There's so much talk. There's a lot of gear. Yakety yak, don't talk back. Rocco, I love you. That's it. That's what that's I it. fucking love you. I love you. Just anyway, so all this talk about outdoor extremism and pseudoscorpions really is designed to lead me to the camel spider. Talk about outdoor extremism and pseudoscorpions. Okay? So, pseudoscorpions are related to the camel spider. And outdoor extremism. And outdoor extremism. I love camel spiders because, you know, it was really big in high school to show that picture of the three-foot spider. E-bombs world. In E-bombs world Fake picture. Up. Not real. That is not a real picture. That's okay. such a bummer. They are not three feet long. <laughs> okay. They're not three feet long. <laughs> that picture is like that was it's early. awesome. That was early internet when people were like, oh, that's real. That shit's real. They no, were like, people, they're people like, were like, you can't fake anything. You can't, you can't fake, fake that. That's the fucking real. That's fucking real photo. Okay. Um... The camel spiders are actually really, really cool and crazy looking. They're a real thing. How big are they anyway? They're still really big. Okay, they're still huge. They're still they're half a foot long. Do you want to see a spider that's half a foot long? Crowd of a fissure. It's, it's half a foot long half with a pincers. Foot, half a foot wide. Do you know how big that is? And half a foot wide. It's like that big with pincers. It's as big as the, the computer with pincers with giant it's mandibles. Like scorpion King when fucking the rock becomes the scorpion. Yeah, gigantic mandibles. Okay, mm-hmm. so. In 2011, I found out that there was even a movie called Camel Spiders, released straight to DVD. Here's a description of the movie. Creatures that for years have been rumored to torment armed forces in the Middle East are inadvertently introduced to the southwestern deserts of the United States. The camel spiders now freely hunt for prey, unafraid of any predator, including man. No place is safe. No one is beyond their paralyzing bite. 
In the end, a number of hardy fighters band together to make one last stand against the camel spiders. The movie, the movie tagline is, they really get under your skin. <laughs> like this movie. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> that was good. But they're a real creature, and they're really worth talking about because they're super cool. The order... Oh, I, I don't want to tell you. I want to tell you. That is part of the... Okay, let me just ask you right now. This is the fact and fiction part of this. Okay. Are they scorpion or are they a spider? That's my question to you. Are oh. they a scorpion or are they a spider? And I'm going to list, what, what? list off some facts. Let me list off some facts. Okay, yeah. Okay? They are non-venomous. Okay. Despite what Camel Spider movie says. They lack both spinnerets and silk for webs. Okay. They cannot make webs. They have mandibles that are absolutely huge for a spider in comparison to its body. And they're already six inches long. Okay. Humongous mandibles. I cannot stress this month. enough. <laughs> it will, if you Big look at a picture of them, fucking your sphincter will, will tighten. Unlike scorpions, they do not have a tail and they do not legs. have a stinger. How, tell me about the they legs. They don't have the, the stinger thing. I think I know, know the answer to this. Tell me about the legs. Okay. I don't have anything about the legs. I'm sorry. They do not have book lungs. So what a lot of arachnids have is they have this sort of lung in their ass that they can breathe. Yeah, they literally maybe. breathe through their ass, right? Because they're a fucking, you know, such an, an arachnid move. insect. <laughs> so they do such that. Breathing it's, ass breathing is such an insect This move. is literally how they roll. <laughs> they breathe <laughs> out of their I ass. I hope when we find aliens that it's not a bunch of sentient, ass sentient ass insects. Just, I just don't want it to be a sentient insect. Can it be a what mammal? It's like, like they, more mammal-like? They get off the ship, and then they're like, oh, hello. And then they turn around, and they're just like, oh my hello, God. human, out of my ass. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> talking out of my ass. Um, okay. The Ace Ventura ass talking is one of my favorite parts of the show. It, I think that... Of the movie, I, that, sorry. Honestly, when I was when, that age, when, it killed me. When I watched the... When, when he turns around and talks out of his ass... In the Ace Ventura, I, mean, that I fucking me. die. That, it absolutely killed I, me. I like literally levels the I crowd. I couldn't believe how good it that was. It fucking shuts me down. It shuts the house That's down. That's the kind of thing a 12-year-old boy That's like, the kind of thing that will die. shut a 12-year-old boy down. That no, that was blows it. That the brought, house up. That, that brought the house down. Yeah, it does. It would still bring the house down for me. Okay, so anyway, these camel spiders, instead of a trachea, sorry, instead of book lungs, they have a trachea like we do. Just a couple more facts. They are big enough to eat birds. <laughs> They, oh, <laughs> they can rub their mandibles together to perform a rattling noise like a rattlesnake That's to terrifying. ward off predators. Okay. So is this a scorpion or a spider? Um, I think the, I think what matters for the spider is the legs, which we didn't hear about. I think it's a spider. Right. How probably. many legs do you need to be a spider? Eight. Right. So eight for a spider and six for an insect, typically. I think that it's a spider if it has eight legs. We don't know about the legs, though. Okay. I don't have a fact on the legs. But is it a spider? Um, I should have looked up the legs. You're right. What, what's your guess? My, my, my guess is spider because I think that that's what, that's what classifies something as an arachnid is the eight leg. It's, is the eight, is the eight leg? Is the leg. It's the amount of legs. We don't have that information, but I what is it? Right. I think you're right. I think if you're an arachnid, you, you do have to have eight legs. I think it's the legs. So it is neither a scorpion or a, does Perfect. a scorpion have eight legs? Because they're an arachnid. Fuck. I don't know. It is neither a scorpion or a spider. It's its own separate order. So there's scorpions, there's spiders, and then there are camel spiders. Camel spiders. That's and dope. the scientific name of the order is Solifuge. Wait, I think that's tighter. Solifuge. So it's like it's neither. It's neither a spider or a scorpion. No. It's this other thing. Solifuge are neither scorpions or spiders. It is in fact more closely related to the daddy long legs than either a spider or a scorpion. Daddy long legs are their that own. That is incredible. They're their own wait, order. Too. That is incredibely cool. Super cool. Super. It cool. is more related to a daddy long legs. This thing. It's yep. like a bad, a mean one. Oh my god! But it's like a hundred so times a mean one. Disgusting looking. 
Have people been bitten by them or stung or grabbed by them or yes, whatever? Yes, and they say that the bite is extremely painful with because of the mandibles, but it's non-venomous, once again. They do not have venom. So what if you're fucking free-soloing El Cap about to go... a camel uh, spider yeah. jumps on your rope, right? Well, jumps on your hand. And, yeah. What do you say if you're Alex Honnold? Then yeah. you say, great. And you eat it. Now I have free soloed with a camel spider biting me. And, and anyone it. top... Now can you and top that? And now people go to free solo and they bring camel spiders with them. To wingsuit. And then it becomes... With them. Soloing camel spider where you are free soloing with camel spiders on you. Absolutely. And then you jump off to wingsuit and with a snowboard and then hit a slope too on your way down. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was really cool that the camel spider is its own separate order and not actually a spider or a scorpion because they're so unique. Solofuge. Definitely worth worth studying. Um, crazy fact, more soldier stuff in World War One and World War Two, instead of chicken fighting, they did camel spider fighting and bet on him. Solofuge. They would have the soldiers they would put camel spiders in a ring in Egypt and Libya. And have them fight each other. I mean, yeah. That's really fucked up, honestly. Solo Fuge. Just be nice to the camel spiders, right? They're not they're not trying to hurt anyone. Anyway, you have anything else to say before we go to open kimono or you want to save it? Um, that's amazing. Your creatures are really cool. There is the there is the white salamander thing. There's the, the camel om, spider. The, the pseudo scorpion. The om, the pseudo scorpion, then the lobster, the, the remopedia. The lobster thing. And the solo fuge. Camel spider. Yeah. Weird shit down there. Weird fucking shit down there. All right. We're going to take one more musical break, and after that, it is going to be time for the open kimono. All right. That's not appropriate. It's not appropriate during the... Get your nuts off my drum set. That's not appropriate during the podcast. Good thing it's not a video. No, no. Good thing it's not a video podcast anymore. <laughs> Camel spider. Spider. <laughs> spider. This is the Open Kimono where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic that is somehow related to the episode, and we leave nothing to the imagination. And so, Noah, what is your Open Kimono? My Open Kimono is deep down in the dark, underneath the surface of the land, underneath the surface of the ocean, there lives very old, hundreds of millions of years old bacteria that might that may or may not be related to us at all. So it might be like an alien living here. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some of the creatures Adam mentioned... It's just insane. It's a new it's a new frontier buried down. We haven't even gone that far. We haven't gone that far down. So it's like, what else is down there? It's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm really kind of blown away. I think that, can we take out some of the resources from exploring perhaps the Mars or the ocean? Just like a fraction. Just a fraction. <clears throat> and devote it to exploring into the center of the earth. Because I think that we're going to find some real shit we ain't never seen before. Wait, <laughs> is that your Boston accent? No, I tried it for that a second. Fucking, I tried it for a second. I'm not gonna say mine's better, but I just think that wouldn't work. I think that the crazy thing to me is finding shit that is not related to us. 
Yeah. Because it evolved in its own tree. Life sprung up in this little cavern buried three miles down, and it's just been evolving in its own little ecosystem for two billion years. Right. Imagine that shit. Amber is the color of your energy. Whoa. Shades of gray come naturally. No? 311? Anyway, I, was, I wanted you to keep going. Shout out to the Tongani Louse. Shout out to the Camel Spider I'm adding him in here. Shout out to the Kraken living in the Ice Planet. Shout out to Sarah's boyfriends. Wingsuiting I hope around that, I hope that they came from on the Earth's surface and not miles deep below and are actually troglodytes. Well, they are probably troglodytes because they live in their own caves, play World of Warcraft on their machines. We'll still take What's your application if you are a troglodyte. Also, yeah, if you would like to take Sarah, we'll we will still take, take it. Your we, will, we will review. Um, you can find us on Instagram at dude underscore nature. You please, if you love the podcast, please, 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 if you really are into it, we would really help the podcast. You would leave us a review on iTunes. You just put troglodyte in the review. Just put trog. <laughs> just You're put, a bunch of trogs. Just put you guys are troglodytes in the review. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. we want to thank you so much for supporting the podcast and for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye.